0: A long weekend of football. Everyone's got COVID. And oh good, the Astros are still alive. Let's talk about it in a brand new air attack starting right now. And I hope you guys enjoyed your Columbus Day weekend. For the dozen or so of you that are still allowed to celebrate it, my God. I thought the people. So, what is it? Is it that the people who are here first, they get dibs on the land, or everyone who wants to come here gets to come here? Which one is it? That the rules have changed, I guess, since 1492. But, but I digress. Um, we'll get to the uh, we'll get to the major league playoffs. Obviously, LeBron is a champion in a sort of half a season, and all the uh, the football stuff later. But yes, the president has the virus, or he had the virus. We can't quite tell because I don't know what to believe at this point. I mean. Only thing I'll say is that it's very interesting timing about a month or so from an election where the president suddenly gets COVID and everyone knows he caught it at this this event at the White House because he's nominating a new Supreme Court justice. It just, it's fascinating timing. I can't tell if someone gave it to him and all his buddies, if he got it on purpose, if he ever had it. I don't know what the hell happened. That was one of the weirdest 10 days. And I understand he's not a, not a conventional kind of president. I get that. I think we're used to that at this point. That was the strangest 10 days of his presidency. Everybody's squawking. Oh, the president's got the virus. He he can't be president. Oh my God! Why why is he taking a helicopter? He's taking a helicopter to Walter Reed. Well, he's taking a helicopter because he can. You fools. Okay, that's why he's taking a helicopter. That that's first of all. And then all of you idiots on Twitter with your line of succession tweets. Like, okay, so Trump dies, then Pence. Die. Hey, President Pelosi. What's to say she's gonna make it? What, who's it gonna say maybe maybe it takes her down too? She's around these same people. Or what? No, it's just gonna stop. It's gonna everything's just gonna work out your way. Oh, sick people! You, no, you're, but you're the good guys. No, you're, you're the good people. He's the bad guy. So very, very strange. Very. strange And then next thing you know, he's out and about. No more virus. He's cured, just like that. Campaign event in Florida. He's going. I think he's going somewhere else today. He's all over the place. I, I have no idea what I just saw over those ten days. I really don't. I have no no clue. The vice presidential debate. I tried not to watch a lot of it. I'm glad I I, I missed most of it. They both look terrible. I'm sorry. And and then they talked. Pence looks completely exhausted. Cam Harris looks ridiculous. I mean, I don't know what she's had done lately, like, in terms of having work done on her face. She looks ridiculous. I'm sorry. And basically what it was was Pence was going to say whatever he wanted to say, whatever he had rehearsed. She was going to make faces. She was going to give the sassy face. She was going to give the boss bitch face. She was going to give the little girl giggle, you know, with, with the glassy eyes. They both, I mean, Metallica was really a tough watch. And I only watched, like, 15, 20 minutes of it. That was it. And what is with the laughing? I noticed this when Trump and Biden had their debate. Every time Trump got, got Biden on something, he just starts cracking up. And then Harris does the same thing. And a couple days ago, Mitch McConnell does it. And his opponent is talking about the stimulus negotiations. And he's cackling while she's talking about like starving kids and evictions. And he's just over there giggling with his big grin on his face. And he does it for like a minute. Like nobody laughs that hard for him. I mean, maybe if you're watching like, you know, when I was a kid, watching like Eddie Murphy Raw or something like that. Okay, you just laugh and you laugh and you laugh. You're, at, you're in a debate. You're running for office can you grow up oh my i mean it's you're talking about a serious subject here not good not very good and speaking of people who are not good in congress katie hill they are now making a movie about her i'm not making it up they really are she wrote a book i'm not sure if anyone actually bought it i mean there's been a lot of books coming out lately a lot of them are coming from you know people who used to work in the white house and and have been in washington and around trump so you would think there'd be a lot of interest in that especially in an election year um not for me, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not reading this garbage, but a lot of people, obviously the timing once again is, you know, pretty convenient, right? Election year, let's have a bunch of books that rip the president, okay, fine. Katie Hill writes a book about her, her so-called plight where basically she cheats on her husband and she's, a big, she's obviously a victim and a poor little baby. She's going to be played by Elizabeth Moss, who is also producing it, by the way, who says she's honored to portray Qu- Katie Hill, talks about her strength and her work. So I have a question for Elizabeth Moss. What has Katie Hill done? No, no. Go, be specific, and feel free to go on and on. I've got all the time in the world. What has Katie Hill done for anybody? I'll help. I'll help. The answer is nothing. Okay, this is <laughs> she has done absolutely nothing. Got herself elected. I'm not sure what she was doing before that. I think she was on someone's campaign, and they decided, you know what? You're female. You're bisexual. Hey, here we go. You'll work. Boom. Congress. There. That, that's what it is. If you, I mean, in certain areas of this country, if you just get on the ticket for a particular party, you're going to win. That's why Mitch McConnell keeps winning in Kentucky because they continue to vote. They just vote Republican. That's just how they do it. And certain places are changing because people are moving and demographics change and, and, and because things change. But in some places, if you just get, if you get on the ticket as the Democratic candidate, you're going to win. And they've, they've propped a bunch of these up over the last few years, especially females. I'm not going to go into specifics because I don't want to be a politics show. But Katie Hill's done nothing except get herself tossed out of Congress. I, I know she resigned. They, they were throwing her out. That's That's the bottom line. But as dysfunctional as she is, hey, she thinks she gets instant credibility when a Hollywood actress vouches for her, calls her a hero. That's all you got to do. Oh, she's female. Oh, she's a hero. She's strong. She's a fighter. You know, just use some use some very played out terms. It doesn't matter. And now she has credibility or so she thinks. But lost in the shuffle of all of this, including by Elizabeth Moss, is that Katie Hill was engaging in this behavior with people who were on her staff. That's the that is the the thing that no one wants to talk about, because obviously it's not going to make her look so good. and It's it, it's done on purpose. The people that she was cheating on her husband with worked for her on Capitol Hill. I'm not naive enough to think that this, this is like the first time this has ever happened. But give me a break. I mean, those people, and some of those people. And I don't know if it was the people you saw you've seen in these photos. I doubt it. But some of her own staffers got into her Twitter account and reminded everybody about this with a tweet storm the other day. And by the way, follow me on Twitter at BC, The man, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. And what these people basically said, and it's totally true, is that she's not a hero and she's not a victim. Okay, the victims are the people that she was that she got, that got caught up in this mess and lost their jobs because of her behavior. And remember something. Remember something. This is how she was behaving as a freshman representative. She had, ju- she had just gotten voted in. This was how she was voting in her first year or two in office. Can you imagine year six, year eight, year 10, what the behavior would have been like? That's how delusional she is. That's how insane she is. And if you noticed, with all of these political campaigns this year, no one's wanted her anywhere around. She tried to latch on to Mayor Pete for about five minutes. He had enough of her and got rid of her. She doesn't do anything for anybody except for herself. So spare me the champion for women routine. I mean, give me a break. You want to help women right now? How many women have lost their jobs because of COVID? How many women can't feed their kids out there, especially single mothers? How many women have had to quit their jobs or cut down on their hours because their kids are, are going to school from home now? Maybe help them. Does Katie Hill help them? No, Katie Hill tries to help herself. Let Katie Hill fight her own battles. Okay, she got herself into this disaster. She can get herself out of it. Also, I want to say one thing. For all of you guys out there, and this could apply to girls too, but especially guys who want to be buddies with your exes, you know what? Yeah, it can happen. Sure. Maybe you're legitimately, you want to be friends. Maybe you think there's a possibility of something down the road. Maybe you just want to take an interest in each other's lives, yada, yada, yada. Okay. But if you have been bad mouthed to this level, you know, and maybe sometimes you don't, you're not aware of it. But if you've been bad now to this level, you can't go being buddies with your ex because now you're giving all the fucked up things she said about you credibility. You understand you're making yourself look like a fool by being friends with somebody like this. And she has now spent the last year, year and a half calling the guy abusive. But if you notice, she's the one that's the I've never heard one thing that the husband has ever done to her. You know, she says abusive over and over again. Not once have I heard anything in terms of specifics. And she even kind of glosses over her own cheating, which I've seen a million times. Remember Chris Hardwick? The guy who he hosted At Midnight on Comedy Central, he's a stand-up comic. He had an ex-girlfriend who accused him of being abusive to her. It turns out she cheated on him, and that's why he dumped her. And she was going to get back at him by writing this 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 article. It was about him. She didn't mention him by name, but everybody knew who it was about. And you know what she did? She called it an overlap. No, it was an. Oh, unfortunately, there was an overlap. No, you cheated on your boyfriend. That's what you did, and you got dumped. And that you thought you'd get your revenge on him for, what, catching you? That's what this is. And let, you want to give me one drop of evidence or anything whatsoever. And I know there's not always evidence of abuse. I get it. Okay, that's, that's fine. But in this particular case, it's the antics outside of her relationship and everything she's done since then. The way she behaved as a congresswoman, the fact that she writes some cornball book, the fact that she's now calling herself a movie producer. Okay, there's, there's just nothing there. <laughs> the people are glorifying her for, for basically engaging in the most terrible behavior, which is going to get most normal people into big trouble. Somehow she fell ass backwards into a spot in Congress, okay, totally blows it, and has just not stopped talking ever since. Like, if she just keeps talking and keeps it going, somehow she's going to make a whole career out of this. Maybe she will, maybe she won't, but either way, the fact that they're even considering making a movie, if you can even call it that, about her life is complete horseshit, okay? Dysfunctional women are not that interesting, unless you're at Amy Winehouse, where you actually have some talent to go along with it. Katie Hill doesn't. Now... Speaking of speaking of somebody who does have talent, uh, the NBA Finals. Um, if you didn't notice, LeBron James just won another championship. Can't take anything away from the talent, guys. I mean this this to me was was impressive. I, I think that it's always this will always go down as a very unique year in sports and the, the baseball stuff, uh, you know, along with it the hockey. But the NBA bubble, I thought they did a great job, especially after the first couple of weeks. Um, yeah, you had some guys who had family emergencies, you know, quote unquote. You had was it Lou Williams got caught at the, at the nudie bar? Okay, fine. But by and large, they did a very good, very good job. Um, the guys were able to have their families come in and have have a few fans in the building as as time went on, as they got to the conference finals and the NBA finals. Is it a normal season? No, it, it's it's not a normal championship. It, it just isn't. You didn't go through the rigors of eighty two games and having to stay healthy and, and stay focused. You didn't have to play games on, on on opposing courts. You didn't have to go travel during the playoffs. Um, that stuff all matters. All the, all of that stuff matters. But. Give credit where it's due. I thought the Lakers would have a hard time this first year. I don't know if the bubble helped them. I don't know if it hurt them. Bottom line is they're champions and it's impressive for LeBron. And it's a good thing, too, because next year, Golden State's going to be very tough. Golden State's got like the number two pick in the draft. You figure Clay's back, right? Steph is back. You got Draymond Green. I mean, they're going to be a very, very tough team to deal with. And then in terms of teams that are you know, now these super teams that are just put together, I don't know how it's going to go for the Nets. You know, I don't know how many workouts Kyrie and KD and the guys have been able to get in in this time. My, my guess is not very many. In their first year together, can they be serious contenders? Yeah, probably. Especially in the East because the East is so weak. I mean, the Bucks don't play a lick of defense. They're obviously very soft-minded, too. Um, and, and they listen, to be fair, they got themselves caught up in something. They probably wish they had it with the Jacob Blake thing. But it's a good job by LeBron. I mean, the the bottom line is I'm am t- talking about on the court. Off the court, he he pissed a lot of people off too. He turned a lot of people away. He just did. That's just that's just that's just the fact. And a lot of players did. I mean, they just wanted to talk about you know the Jacob Blake thing just got out of control. You know, I think that's one they probably wish they had back. But they started off talking about Breonna Taylor, and the, and unfortunately, the more they talked about that case, the more the facts of that case came out, and you realize that she got caught up in something, and, and unfortunately. It went the wrong way. I mean, it's not not that she deserved to die. It's that she was involved in something kind of dangerous. And it was a it was kind of a freak event. And maybe the cops were wrong. Maybe they were I I don't know. But they kept repeating it over and over and over again. And people get tired of hearing that stuff. They get tired of being lectured. They just do. So that, that whether whether it's right or wrong, people do people sometimes just want to watch sports. The lowest rated NBA Finals game ever was Game 3 of this series. The one the, the second lowest was game two. And the second lowest was game one. So what that means is. The lowest rated ever was game one, then less people watched in game two, and then even less people watched in game three. And I guess once the Heat won in game three, people said, oh, maybe they got a chance to upend LeBron or whatever. Game four was was, was what it was, and then obviously game five. So um, I, listen, this must have been a team of destiny if Dwight Howard was allowed to win a championship. But you want to talk about loss in the shuffle. How about How about this? How about Kobe? This should have been, this whole bubble situation, this whole season should have been dedicated to Kobe and now the Lakers win. And, be, and here's a bunch of guys with these, these messages on their shirts, you know, say her name justice and all this other kind of stuff. Maybe Kobe would have loved it. I don't know. But it just seemed like they decided that this was going to be like a marketing ploy. Next season, they're getting away from that. Adam Silver already said that next season, that stuff is gone. We're going back to normalcy. That should show you just how well this went. If ratings were through the roof for these NBA playoffs and the NBA finals... Those messages would be on there indefinitely, but they obviously—they they just obviously miscalculated. Be fair about it, though. There's a lot of sports going on right now. You did have hockey playoffs. You got baseball playoffs, and you got the NFL and college football. So the NBA is not used to going up against all this stuff. But the ratings for them to be all-time lows—that should tell you a little bit of something about about what people really think about LeBron and some of these some of these performances before the games and some of the some of the things that are coming out of these guys' mouths. That's just reality, folks, whether you like it or not. You don't have to agree with it, but I think the ratings tell a, a very clear story there. Um, as far as the baseball playoffs now, yeah, how does Major League Baseball like this? The Yankees are gone. First of all, the Yankees are gone because they don't hit. That's just how it is. But Major League Baseball wanted to go with this goofy, expanded playoff format and a 60-game season. This season was doomed from the beginning. I'm surprised they even got to the postseason with what happened with the Marlins and the Cardinals earlier in the year. They somehow make their way through it. A bunch of goofy rule changes, and now the final four teams... All of a sudden, the Astros are one of them. Are you kidding me? You think Major League Baseball wanted this? You had exactly what you wanted. The Astros played like shit. People are throwing at them. Okay, fine. They're below 500. And somehow they backdoor their way into playoffs. And the other team they're playing in the American League is the Rays. So you got like the least popular, the most hated team in the league with the team with the least enthusiastic fan base and the crappiest stadium. That's what you got. That's two of your final teams. Yeah, Dodgers-Braves isn't bad. But I just think this whole MLB season has been very, very strange. And again, it's like the playoffs, I don't know. It's like these playoffs just don't have the buzz. Uh, I did notice there were fans at the Braves-Dodgers game in Texas the other day. That That was nice to see. But October baseball should be played in the home stadiums. I'm sorry. I know why they're not doing it. I get it. They don't want gatherings outside and yada, yada, yada. But still, it's just very, very strange. Very strange. But the fact that MLB now has to deal with the Astros for the month of October and, and, it, and it's very very strange having a first of all a, a two out of three series is not uh, I'm sorry that is not baseball like you're in the postseason and and really like 36 hours later you could be out that's not baseball okay even the, the best of five series I don't love but I can live with it okay fine you know because whoever wins you know whoever was up you know three one or three two is probably gonna win the series anyway you could, you could say statistically but not necessarily that's why they've always played seven games but between the the really short regular season and and allowing a bunch of teams in. And these two out of three, three out of five. Boom, here you go. The Astros are in. It's crazy. All right, college football here as we move. We're gonna do this kind of quickly this week. Uh Clemson with no problem against Miami. Miami's not very good. All I'll say is this, when you're looking at these games to bet them, the rankings mean nothing. You might say, oh, number one versus number seven. Why are they getting 14 points? Well, for a very good reason. The game wasn't even that close, 42-17. Alabama in a shootout with Ole Miss. That's going to happen a lot with Ole Miss this year. So I wouldn't get too concerned. The only thing about Alabama, though, is their defense against A&M wasn't that great. And if you look back the week one against Missouri, it was just okay. That's all it was. Georgia manhandled Tennessee 44-21. It wasn't even that close. Tennessee got a freak score early in this game. To go up seven nothing, so the game really wasn't even that close. That was a big performance from Georgia's uh, from Georgia's offense, which a lot of people thought wasn't going to be very good this year. So that was actually that was actually kind of a kind of a statement game for Georgia and a nice job taking care of business the week before they play Alabama. Should be a fun game this Saturday. Florida has no defense; they lose forty-one to thirty-eight. Their defense is, I mean, it's it's not as bad as like say Ole Miss, but it, it's still pretty bad. You saw that a little bit against South Carolina, forty-one thirty-eight. They lose to to Florida. Notre Dame. 42-26 over Florida State. Florida State's able to cover the game. Notre Dame was missing a bunch of players. I wouldn't read too much into that. Here's a team that's, a, that's kind of interesting. Speaking of rankings, North Carolina's ranked number eight in the country. 56-45, to they outlast Virginia Tech. And a game that was just basically ping pong. Back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. North Carolina doesn't, doesn't play much of a schedule. There's a chance they run the table. They have to go to Miami. Eh, we just talked about them. They got Notre Dame at home. Notre Dame is probably going to be their toughest test. But if they get through all that and they go to the ACC championship game, are you telling me they're an ACC championship game away from going to the college football playoff? Is that really going to happen? I'm not so sure about that. Uh, Auburn, Arkansas, no one really cares about that. I'll I'll, I'll say this. Arkansas plays hard, and they got Felipe Franks, the quarterback from Florida. And they seem to be, you know, they seem to be a very good value betting-wise. Uh, a lot of times oklahoma texas the red river shootout um, which i don't think they even call it anymore for political reasons which is really stupid uh 53 to 45 but don't be misled this game was tied at 31 went to four overtimes oklahoma outlasts them once again texas had to mount a uh a big time comeback at the end of this game just to send it to overtime they end up losing anyway neither of these teams plays a lick of defense i mean none whatsoever sam ellinger and he's sam ellinger but the guys around him are kind of so-so Neither one of these teams, in my opinion, is very good. Oklahoma's already got two losses. They're going nowhere fast. In fact, neither is, so, so does Texas. Uh, these teams are going nowhere fast. I, I guess the Big 12 is just, just not going to be a year for the Big 12. NFL, where you got this long weekend thanks to COVID. The one thing I'll say about the two teams, the, the two main culprits here, the Patriots and the Titans, you sort of take the, the sort of mystique away from the Patriots when they have to have a game postponed because of COVID. And then you find out it's Cam Newton, who is the best story in football this year by far. I mean, by far he's the best story. Then he's the one that tests positive. And then Stephon Gilmore, who's their best defensive player, tests positive. So this sort of eats away at the mystique of the Patriots doing everything right and being so focused, and maybe they'll actually benefit from this whole lockdown situation and you know COVID and everything else. So I thought that was, that was kind of fascinating. And, and you sort of wonder if it was two lesser players. Again, you know what would Bill Belichick really have done? Would they still be on the team? Not so sure about that. As far as the Titans, this is, this is now a, a situation where Obviously, they've, they've given it to each other. I, I think at that point, at yeah, the point of, you know, the, the, the number of positive cases they've had, you can't really argue with that. And again, you're reminded that the, you know, the Titans play in Nashville. So are these guys going out and socializing? You know, the Raiders had a problem a couple weeks ago, but they were at, at a charity event, but they weren't wearing masks. Where do you draw the line with this stuff? It's going to be very, very tough as the season goes on for every single guy and every single team, including the trainers and, and the coaches and everybody else to sort of keep it together. But that's what they're going to have to do if they want to continue to have a season. Going forward, what are they going to do? I, I, I don't know. You know, there is only so many games you can postpone. And Ben Roethlisberger went off on the Titans, and he's right; it's disruptive. It throws off their rhythm. Now they got an extra week of rest to you know before they face the Eagles. Okay, I was on this, I was on the Steelers in that game, in, in a teaser. It wouldn't it wouldn't matter anyway at the end, but but you know, the the that to me was the right way to go. I didn't like them a seven point favorites, but I teased them down to one, and it worked out. But they didn't. They really didn't exactly. You know, they they, they weren't that impressive against Philadelphia. Philadelphia go up and down the field a few times on them and you wonder if their rhythm was thrown off or maybe if their defense just isn't that good we're not quite sure but the reality is now you get that bye week earlier in the season that's a major disadvantage to me you want that bye week later you want that bye week to be at least halfway through november after your team's played a bunch of games because now you got to play how many weeks straight with no break that's not fair and it's not fair that it gets rearranged because of the titans and the bottom line is like i said you've only got so many gaps in the schedule that you can fill things in what are you gonna do move the super bowl is, is that really what you're planning on doing? Now, maybe this year it would be a little bit easier because you're not going to have a lot of fans there. And we don't, we don't know that yet. I mean, it is being played in Florida, so we, we not, we're not quite positive. So maybe they catch a break there. But if there's going to be a bunch of fans, it means there's going to be a bunch of parties and a bunch of events. You're going to move all of that stuff because these guys can't can't keep away from COVID? And when some guys are, are, are doing this and basically going straight back and forth to the stadium and some guys are you know refuse to do that, it, it, you know, he's right. It's not fair. And they're going to have to figure something out, and eventually they're going to have to either forfeit games. What I would do is with these players, if you find out they caught it by not being careful or by going out and socializing, boom, game check, gone. If that game has to be moved, game check, and you're suspended for the game, you don't you don't get to play. That's just how it's going to have to be at a certain point because I, I feel like it, you only need like one or two more of these these type of events before the season is basically in jeopardy. And you're going to have to now shorten the season to you know, 14 games or 12 games or whatever. And like we just talked about with baseball and, and hoops and everything else, the season just doesn't feel legitimate at that point. It's not fair. And which games are you going to cut? Because what's going to happen is eventually you're going to cut out teams. You're going to cut out games for teams that are easy for some and tough for others. And you want to take luck out of it as much as possible. There's enough luck in sports, as it is, with the injuries and just the bounce of the ball and everything else. Uh, real quick, going over some of the games last week, the Bears get by the Bucs. An awful, awful performance by the Bucs in terms of penalties um, and a couple other things, too. The Bears are not very good. I think the Bucs are just okay. I think they've been highly overrated. The idea that they have the best offense in football, which some people have said, is complete nonsense. The best offense in football is the Seahawks. They get by... Uh, they get by the Vikings 27-26 in a wild game. As good as the Seahawks' offense is, the defense may be that bad. It's really that disparate. Uh, the Vikings can put up points now. Dalvin Cook gets hurt in this game. You want to take a, take, you know, keep an eye on that. But with Jefferson and Thielen, they're not really missing a beat with no Stefan Diggs. As long as their offensive line holds up, the Vikings will light up the scoreboard. They got a couple issues themselves on defense, but that's also injury-related. The Vikings can be very dangerous going forward. Thirty-seven, thirty-four. The Giants outlast, or sorry, the Cowboys. Excuse me, outlast the Giants. A big story here is obviously Dak, Dak Prescott going down. The Giants played a little better in this game against maybe the worst defense in the league. The, the two worst defenses right now might be the Cowboys and Seahawks, and they're both going to be contenders for their divisions. It's ridiculous. Panthers 23-16 over the Falcons. There was a an end zone pick uh, from Matt Ryan that yeah, it could obviously would have changed the nature of this game. Uh, the Falcons fought in the second half. I'll give I'll give them that. They were down 27 at halftime. They fought back. I, I just figured they would quit. Arthur Blank finally has enough of Dan Quinn, but he does it after their 0 and five. He gets rid of his general manager too. That defense is just abominable. That is the worst defense in the league. I mean, I exaggerate a little bit with Seattle and and with Dallas. The worst defense in the league by far is Atlanta. They're 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 just awful. Patrick Mahomes gets a wake up call. 40 to 32. The Chiefs lose to the Raiders. There was, there was a last a uh, a late score here to make it a little more respectable, but the Raiders just dominated this game. And now the Chiefs are going to go play Buffalo this week. That'll be an interesting game for those two teams. Uh, Both teams maybe need to grow up a little bit. The 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 Bills went down to Tennessee. Now here's a Tennessee team that doesn't play last week against Pittsburgh. So okay, maybe they're rested. They're not. They're not as beat up. That's not the point. They weren't able to practice until Saturday. The Bills are dropping passes left and right in the first half. The first interception from Josh Allen is completely the fault of the receivers. The ball bounces up into a Titans defender's hands. It, it, it got worse from there. The Bills end up outgaining the Titans, yet losing 42-16. to 16. Three turnovers will do that. Titans played well, too. Give him credit. The Saints outlast the Chargers. The Saints would have lost this game. The Chargers cannot hold a lead. It's it, Anthony Lynn is absolutely ridiculous. Justin Herbert's going to be a very good quarterback. The problem is they can't really protect him. The other problem is that his coach wants to run the ball on first down and second down and just stick to his principles just to, just basically because that's what he does and because he's stubborn as hell. And, and what happens is he becomes very predictable. It ends up being third and six, third and eight. You know the kid's going to have to throw. they got a beat-up offensive line, and the Saints teed off on Justin Herbert just enough to keep the game close. Uh, The Money Badger clanks one off the uprights late as a 52-53 yarder. I don't give him too much of a hard time for that. The Saints win in overtime, which you pretty much figured they would. The Browns get by the Colts, 32-23, not nearly as high scoring. He had a pick six and a kickoff return for a touchdown in this game. The game was not nearly as high scoring as that. Baker Mayfield gets banged up. Keep an eye on that. The Dolphins go into San Francisco and just destroy the Niners 43-17. to 17. Jimmy Garoppolo was an embarrassment in this game. I don't know what is going on with this kid, but he was – maybe he came back from the, from the disabled list uh, – or, or IR, excuse me, too early. I don't know. But he was awful. The problem is the week before, Nick Mullins was awful. So C.J. Beathard plays the second half in this game. I'm not quite sure what they're doing next week. I think Jimmy G is going to start, but San Francisco has had a lot of injuries. And at two and three, they may have issues even when they are fully healthy. Bottom line. And that is all the time we got this week on the Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out Facebook.com slash the Air Attack and follow me on Twitter at BC AK The Man. Follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. And remember, the Air Attack with BC the Man can be heard on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and the Anchor app. Subscribe and share today. Close it out tonight with the guy that starts every air attack. Here's Lace. All right, all right. I'm BC the man. See you guys next week on the Air Attack.
1: No mistake, ain't nothing fake in the morning we can bake And then we ride, you know we slide to the other side. All night we gon' vibe. Go drink and smoke, so roll up. I know you about that, so short and turn up. You got money, you make them big bucks. On Instagram with your big buck. I like your style, I like your smile. Let's get wild for a while, maybe have a child high. Joking, smoking something poetic, cause you know they get to the money's going poet. You a boss, girl, and I'm a boss too. So let's do what we do when making boss moves. I got your number, so I'ma call you. And this is what I thought when I saw you. I see you looking good, girl. I see you looking good, girl. I see Queen, looking like a queen all about your green every day pursue your dream you ball stuff you lay sound, cause you out here on the grind doing what they ain't found you ain't about no drama ain't worried about these hoes you laughing at these niggas you focused on your goals D E girl you independent Am my A305, girl i it. you a hustler i'm a hustler thing in common let's get this money i know you hear it calling dumb sucker haters they fear to see us falling they want to see us falling but they won't cause we can't laughing straight to the bank after that we blowin' dang so shout it what you think is every man, a man that understands Step before this love, we gotta get them grants Business before pleasure Yeah, mama, do your thing, get more chatter Holler at your boy whenever And this the last thing I had to tell you I see you looking good, girl I see you looking good, girl I see you bank to the bank. All right, all right. Left it straight to the bank to the bank. All right, all right, left it straight to the bank to the bank to the bank. All right, all right. Laugh it straight to the brick to the bank. All right, all right, it straight to the bank, to the bank, to the bank. All right, all right, left it straight to the print to the print Looking good, girl